Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top of mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining BDO's podcast series, Getting to the Boardroom. I'm Nicole Ward-Parr, and in this series, I have the pleasure of hosting some of the most distinguished executives currently serving on public company boards to discuss their journeys and the paths that got them there. Today, I'd like to welcome C-Suite Executive and Public Company Board Member Bob Turva. Bob has served as a member of Resonance Board of Directors since October 2018. Additionally, Bob serves as the Chief Financial Officer of Sonam Technologies, a leading U.S. provider of ultra-rugged mobility solutions. Prior to Sonim, Bob was the Chief Financial Officer of Intermedia, a leading cloud SaaS and business application provider, where he was responsible for all of Intermedia's global finance functions. Prior to Intermedia, Bob was Corporate Controller at Dropbox from 2014 to 2016, where he was responsible for developing the company's accounting organization. Before Dropbox, he spent nearly 14 years at Broadcom Corporation, where he held a range of financial roles of increasing responsibility, including Senior Vice President, Principal Accounting Officer, and VP of Finance. He also has career experience with IBM Corporation, Navistar Financial, and Ernst & Young. He holds an MBA from the Yale School of Management and a Bachelor of Business Administration degree in accounting from the University of Notre Dame. Bob, that is a great background. So grateful to have you join us today and uh, come on board to share with us a little bit about your journey to the boardroom. Welcome and thank you. Thanks, Nicole. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Good. So I would love to understand when you were considering joining your first board, did you have a strategy, a thought process, or a, a, an approach that you took? Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Sure, sure. Well, I'd like to say I had a well-planned, well-reasoned strategy, but, uh, you know, those things uh, are uh, uh, not often uh, happening the way people think they'll happen. Sometimes they just stumble into things. And for me, the first uh, my first move towards a board was actually joining an organization in Orange County, California, called the Forum for Corporate Directors. Um, that's a nonprofit group that provides education for uh, corporate board members. And I thought it was a great way to meet and get advice from existing board members. And uh, it just so happened that the FCD, as it's known, was looking for corporate experience on their own board, which uh, at the time was made up mostly of lawyers, accountants, and other service providers. Uh, so I ended up joining the board of that nonprofit, the Forum for Corporate Directors, uh, and it was a great experience for a few years. And that, that's what ended up being my first uh, board. That's a, that's a great, um, I think, a great story because I think a lot of times getting on a, a non-for-profit board can give us some great experience and exposure 
uh, to others that can be really beneficial in the long term. Was that some of your thought process as well? And if so, how might that have been the case? Uh, well, certainly. I mean, networking with other board members was key to my, uh, you know, uh, moving into that area of, of serving on boards. And I learned a lot from being at FCD. Uh, I'd say that uh, one of the things uh, that, you know, I, I learned was that board positions are pretty rare. So it's important to get the word out to as many people as possible that you're interested. And that is uh, usually what leads to eventually finding something that uh, falls in place. It's a great path to, to try to do just that, right, through the nonprofit route. Excellent. And so uh, so that was your first uh, your first board experience. Uh, so and, and I'm assuming you continue to sort of leverage your network um, or, you know, those that you knew to continue uh, on your path to uh, obtaining more board roles. Yeah, yes, that's correct. I mean, for me, uh, I know that you know, looking for key attributes that would be helpful to a board, uh, in my own case, being a CPA, being a chief financial officer, having that kind of financial expertise fits in with the uh, requirements of an audit committee, uh, which is a key component of a public company board. Um, but I don't think that that in and of itself is, is enough to qualify. There are many people who have that in their background. Uh, my other experience with algae companies was really also something that played a major role in uh, finding the board position at Resonant. Uh, Resonant is a technology company that is developing uh, new 5G cellular technology. And uh, I had spent many years at Broadcom, which is also uh, in the cellular wireless space. And so that fit plus the need that Resonant had for an audit committee person was, was kind of key to, the, to, to that search. And it happened to be, it sounds like the right combination of your skill set. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Was there someone that that identified you and said you would be great for this? Or did you have, you know, um, you know, some you headhunted for the role? I mean, how did it materialize that you found out about it uh, and then went through the process? Sure. Well, actually, in my case, there was a little bit of luck involved because Resonant was looking for a CFO and they actually called me. Uh, because of my CFO experience, and I actually ended up talking to the company uh, in, in that sense of possibly becoming the CFO. Uh, and, you know, that ended up not working out. But at the same time, uh, their audit committee chair uh, resigned uh, for, for another role. And so they had an opening on their audit committee just as I was interviewing with the board for a CFO role. And it just so happened that they thought, well, if it's not going to work out on the CFO side, why don't you become our audit committee chair. Actually, uh, everybody on the board thought you're, uh, you'd make a good addition to the team and we'll just move the chair over to this other side of the table. Great timing. Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, the, the saying goes, you know, we know what we know, but sometimes we don't know what we don't even know we don't know. <laughs> and I would love to know, as you stepped into that position, what were the unforeseeables? What were, what was the you know, because clearly you had some some very particular expertise, which resonated, pardon the pun, with resonant, but which resonated with the board and and why you would add value in an obvious way. What were some of the areas uh, that were gaps in your experience that you identified once you you were on the board and you're like, wait, oops, I'm going to need to know that, or oh, I should, you know, that that's an area of opportunity of growth or development. What was that, or if you can speak to that at all? 
Sure, sure. Well, uh, it's, uh, you know, I had the experience from uh, being on the corporate side. So I presented to boards. I've been part of board meetings and audit committee meetings through the years from my corporate, uh, wearing my corporate hat. And I'd always approach these meetings in, in a sense of having to prepare for them and get, bring something to the table for the board to review. And so doing the opposite of that, where you kind of sit back and wait for someone else to come in with something and you're trying to give advice or trying to sort of review the material that they send and, uh, and, and give them feedback is, is really challenging if you haven't done that. I mean, it sounds simple, but in reality, kind of want to reach in and, and help create uh, some of the material yourself and becoming a reviewer and an advisor is uh, it takes a little bit of practice. So I'd say that that's, that's one thing. Uh, another thing is, uh, you know, as I said, my experience was, you know, in the broader board meeting with many participants and presenters. And then after that, uh, the, uh, the management team leaves and the board talks among, among themselves. And so that's the part that, was interesting to me. I hadn't been used to that. And, uh, you know, there's certainly discussion around the effectiveness of management, what, how good of a job they're doing. Do we need to replace the CEO or the CFO? And, you know, that to me was something I hadn't experienced. It was kind of funny because it made me think back to, you know, my days of walking out the door thinking I did a great job and wondering <laughs> now if the board was talking about replacing me as soon as I left the room. Um, but, and so, yeah, that's that's an incredibly different uh, perspective that you get when you're in the board seat versus when when you are, you know, like you say, in that CFO role, right? Uh, Eye opening for sure. And so, any mistakes? Did you know? And I know that's sort of a vulnerable question, but because uh, I think um, you know, we all you know, we've all made them at times. But were there any mistakes that you made that you that were really great learnings um, by chance that you could share? Uh, I don't know about mistakes. It's more of being able to fit in with the cadence of the board that you're working with, and it can be very different. Uh, some boards are very, very focused on procedure uh, and uh, you know proper minute taking and motions and you know all the other things that you would see uh, carefully scripted board meeting. And other boards kind of just are lax on that. They like to communicate amongst themselves and. You know, there's kind of an assumption that they've approved all these things or during the course of the meeting, even if they're not formal votes that are taken, it's kind of a, a group consensus. So I think, you know, coming in and trying to force order where there is none can be a mistake. Uh, it's more of a, you know, if you're the new person on a larger board, you, you have to follow the lead uh, to some extent until you establish yourself. Got it. Fair enough. And, and in terms of the conversation around diversity right now. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of that um, as it relates to boards. And I would love to know if there are specific measures or or things that you've done to facilitate further diversity um, on the board or to be a proponent of that diversity. And, and how important do you think that is, all of those things, if you will? Sure. I think it's very important. I think that, you know, boards have this uh, historical view of, of just being a, a a room full of insiders that are, you know, uh, friends with the CEO or the founders uh, or some of the uh, ownership group, uh, and uh, are are not really diverse enough to to provide different uh, opinions and views. And I think today boards are actively seeking that, and in return, they the companies need to take 
the advice of the people that they recruit to their boards, uh, because otherwise it's, it's somewhat of a waste to do that if, if uh, the diversity isn't appreciated both ways. So I think it's, I think it's, uh, I, you can see that changes are, are being made every day to, to move away from an old fashioned board and into something that's more modern where you have a, a, a wide range of opinions and views. It's a great point that you make, and I'd love to hear a little bit more because it sounds like, you know, you have presented two boards and audit committees for many years and now sit on the other side as a boardroom. How has the boardroom, excuse me, as a board member, um, how has the boardroom changed, uh, you know, in the, in the time uh, that you've, you know, been exposed to, to, to being in that room? How has it changed? How is it different now? Well, I think really recently, it's interesting to see how boards are meeting virtually. And that is important given the current uh, work at home, you know, COVID meeting restrictions. You know, boards uh, like to meet in person and it's a, it's a bit of a social event as well as a governance event. And, and that has changed dramatically. Uh, and, and so people are getting used to video conferencing and virtual board meetings. I think that actually helps to create diversity in boards because then, you know, the sky's the limit as to uh, how far flung the board members can be in terms of participation. So I think the move more towards more technology, uh, even though it's somewhat forced recently because of the pandemic, uh, is a positive in the long run. Right. And, and do you think the expectations of board members um, on an individual level have evolved or changed? Um, you know, I, I think, I mean, there's different conversations certainly now in a boardroom than there was even 10 years ago around things like, you know, risk and cyber, right? Um, do you think the expectations of the individual board members, do you think it feels different now? I think it does. I think, you know, just getting back to the point around old fashioned boardrooms and, and kind of rubber stamp boards, I think board members today uh, expect to provide input, real input, and they expect the companies to take that input seriously. And it's not just simply approving or ratifying what uh, management brings to the table. Uh, it's, it's something that should provide value in both directions. Very good. And, and in terms of when we think of innovation, um, I think especially, you know, in the Bay Area, for example, I know you, re you reside as do I, um, you know, we think of innovation in terms of technology, et cetera. But I think um, there's an opportunity to innovate in the boardroom as well, you know, based on all the things, you know, we just chatted about, you know, the, the difference now of, um, of the role that the board plays compared to what it was even 10 years ago. Um, are there things that you've brought from an innovation perspective to the board or to the, to the conversations that you're having with fellow board members? Well, I don't know if I've brought those to the current board that I sit on. I think that's a very, uh, uh, innovative board to begin with. So I'm, I'm happy to be a participant there versus uh, an, an innovator. But I think that, you know, some of the things that I've learned, I think, to be uh, to be well-received in, in other future boards, maybe, you know, as you said, Nicole, we, we live in a high-tech area and uh, there's a lot of innovation here. There are many companies uh, throughout the country and the world that, um, you know, they're not as far along the curve on innovation and technology. And so, bringing in that type of diversity onto their boards uh, can only help and help them, you know, get advice in getting a little bit further along in advanced technology into their own companies, whether they're a technology company or not. 
Yeah, fair enough. I think that's a great point. And are there any other, I don't know, thoughts or comments or advice you might have for other folks that have not gotten the public company board seat uh, that, uh, you know, that are still aspiring to do so? Any other last like sort of comments or thoughts, advice, pearls of wisdom? (laughs) Sure, sure. I would just say uh, to be patient and persistent and get the word out to as many people as possible that you're interested in doing this. And you're never, you never know where an opportunity would come from. Uh, As I mentioned, my own opportunity really came from a CFO search that morphed into a board search uh, on the fly. And so it was something that uh, was unexpected, but you know, the openness to talk to another company just to find out more about them uh, is, is what will lead you, you know, down the right path. And I do remember, you know, before I had become a CFO, I had gone to, you know, BDO and other roundtables about how do you become a CFO, right, for aspiring CFOs. And it's it's sort of the same story. You know, you keep pushing and pushing and somebody has to give you the opportunity eventually. Uh, But it's probably not as easy as it's, you know, just the first door you knock on. And so I think it's important to, uh, as I said, get the word out as far and wide as possible and be prepared for some rejection and people saying you don't have the right experience. And then eventually, once you get that opportunity, uh, take advantage of it. Great words of wisdom and advice there, uh, Bob. That's super helpful. And thank you. Uh, anything else on your side? Um, any questions that I didn't ask you that I should have? <laughs> uh, no, no, I think, uh, I think you covered it. I think this was a great chance to chat about this. Well, and your background, obviously, and your path is is great experience to to share. Um, lots of great takeaways there. Like you say, you never know where something's going to lead. You're interviewing for a job, and all of a sudden, it uh, you know it flips into a board seat. So I think it's a wonderful story and some great advice for our listeners. And Bob, I'm just grateful for your time, and thank you so much. Uh, best of luck with all of your uh, all of your endeavors, and uh, be safe. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks a lot, Nicole. Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO Boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash BDO Knows Governance.